place. Would you think that it would be a garden tomb? Because that's not an ordinary place that you would think about, is it? But on Sunday morning, almost 2,000 years ago, that was at the top of the list of several people. Because their rabbi, their teacher, their friend, was there and they wanted to see him. They were on their way to that garden tomb and they knew where it was because Mary and the women had watched where Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus had placed him. And they went there that morning, but they would soon find out that this was no ordinary Sunday morning. It was special. Because as they arrived and they got to the entrance, they looked in and they found that the tomb was empty. The promise that had been given to you and I since Genesis chapter 3, when it said that there's going to come a time when the seed of woman, my son, is going to crush the head of the serpent. And this was the day. It's resurrection day. And she makes her way in the dark to the tomb. And in John chapter 20, it says she cautiously approached the entrance. And she looked in. But wait, the stone's been removed. It's no longer covering the entrance. And she runs back and she tells Peter and the other apostles and she says, the stone has been moved and they've done something with my Lord. They've taken him away and he's not there. And so the two disciples have a foot race. And since this is John's gospel, he has to tell us that he beat Peter to the tomb. <laughs> that he arrived first. And he said he stopped. But Peter, you know who Peter is. He's ready, fire, aim. He's always way ahead of the game. And he rushes right on in. He doesn't stop. And then John follows him in. And they're looking around. And what do they see? They see the strips of cloth laying on the floor. The death clothes that we talked about back in Christmas. And you know what? They were no longer needed because he was no longer there. He was alive and he was risen and that was no longer needed. And a linen cloth was folded up right by there too as well. And it says, John looks in there and he went inside and in verse 8 of that chapter it says that when he saw all of this, he believed. Why did he believe? It says not because he understood any of the scripture as yet, but because he saw all of that. And that caused him to believe. And verse 9 says it because they were removed. And I liked what happened next. That when the women went early, it says that there was a great earthquake and it had shook the entire place. And the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and he rolled away the stone. And he was sitting on top of it. Isn't that great? He's just waiting. He's sitting there waiting. Come on. Take a gander inside. And there's a couple more inside. And when the women went in, it says that the appearance of the angels frightened them and they bowed down to the ground. And then the angels made one of the greatest statements that there is. They said, Why are you seeking the living among the dead? 
Why? Because he's not here. He has risen like he told you. Don't you remember when you were back in Galilee with him? And he said, I am going to rise again. I'm going to be crucified, but I will rise again. And then the last one in John chapter 20, Mary. Blessed Mary, she's crying at the tomb afterwards. Somebody's behind her. It says that he is not here, he is risen. And she's crying and she expects that to be the gardener. And she says, where have you taken him? Wherever it is, I don't care. Just tell me so that I can go get him and and bring him back. Bless her heart. She would have her own self, if she could, carried him back. So that they could wrap him up right. But not that. She didn't realize that it was Jesus that was standing there that she was talking to. She thought it was the gardener. And I'm going to come back to that scripture in a moment. She did not recognize him. But the gardener said, which was really Jesus, Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she said, I am looking for my Lord. And sir, if you've carried him away, tell me. He said, to her, Mary. And she turned around and knew who it was. I want you to know something too. He knew her name, but he knows yours as well. He knows each and every person's name that is in here, and he's called you by name to be his follower. He knows exactly who you are. And it says there, that the next appearance was in John 21. Jesus again appeared to his disciples in Galilee. They're at the, Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. And they're out there. And a couple of other people said, I'm going fishing with you. And so they're in a boat about 100 yards out from shore. And as daylight breaks, they've fished all night and caught no fishes. They fished all night. Wait a minute, I gave up song leading a couple weeks ago. (laughs) But he said, have you caught any fish? And they said, no. And he said, cast your nets to the right side of the boat. And you will. And they did, and there was a huge draught of fish. And John leaned over to Peter and said, it's the Lord. And Peter, I love him. He shucks off his clothes and naked as a jaybird. He jumps in and he starts swimming to shore. The rest of them are paddling the boat and bringing it in with that huge net of fish behind them. And it says that they get there and there's some fish and bread over the coals. And it says something very peculiar there. It says that they did not realize when they were out in a boat that it was Jesus. They didn't recognize him. And when when John told Peter that and they came in and they all gathered together, There's a strange saying in verse 4. It says they didn't realize it was him. In verse 12, you get down there, and it says he has those fish over the coals and the bread, and Jesus tells them, come on and have breakfast with me. We're getting ready to have a sunrise breakfast in the back. Wait a minute. Brenda's not out here. Is fish and bread on the menu? I want a biblical breakfast. 
Jesus told them, there's fish and bread. Let's have breakfast. Maybe we'll put that on the menu next year. My wife said, yeah, Brenda's going to put you in charge of that then. <laughs> I said, okay, we'll, we'll skip that then. But he said, come and have breakfast with me. And then the next verse says, none of his disciples dared ask him, who are you? For we knew it was the Lord. Do you not find that strange? They're standing right there with him and they're saying, who, we don't ask him, who are you? Because we know it's you. Mary in the garden didn't recognize him and thought he was a gardener. She loved him. That seems weird to me. And I've found out that whenever you think there's something weird, don't read on. Dig a little deeper. Because there's something behind that that you're going to miss if you don't dig a little deeper. So whenever we go through this, I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 52, verses 13 and 14. It may give us a little example of why they didn't recognize Jesus. For it says there, see my servant. He will act wisely and he will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. And just as there were many who were appalled at him, for his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form is marred beyond any human likeness. You know, when the Roman soldiers were beating him and putting him through all of those tests and trials beforehand, the Word of God says here that you would be appalled if you saw what he looked like. It says that he is beyond recognition. You will not be able to recognize him and his body and face will not even be in the human likeness of form. Isaiah 50 and verse 6 says this, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from the mocking and spitting. The Lord Jesus was beaten. He was spit upon. And can you imagine having a full beard and having the Roman soldiers ripping that out? For the, to the Hebrews, that was a sign of your manhood. And they ripped that off skin and all from his face. They said he did that for one reason. That's why Mary and the apostles didn't know him and they dared not ask him, but they knew who he was. And he did all that because he loved us so. Praise God that he loved us that much. And so as we get ready for this sunrise service and then the rest of Resurrection Day, keep that in mind of what he has done for us with that great love of his. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we worship and praise you this resurrection morning for all that you did for us. The splendor of heaven and being God was not enough, but you gave that up so that a worm such as I might have life through eternity with you. Thank you so much, and I cannot wait to see you face to face in that eternal home of the soul. In Jesus' name, amen.